Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Well, good morning. Um, actually, before you take a seat, let me just, I like it in the middle, sorry. Why don't we just open up our hearts this morning? I just want to pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are here, that you have already been speaking. You've already been speaking to our hearts. You've been opening our eyes. We just open our ears to you right now. Speak to us, encourage us, renew our minds, change our thinking, change our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, won't you take your seats? This morning is my privilege to bring the word. Now, I think that you all know that when I bring the word, I like it when we are a little bit noisy, we're a little bit rowdy, and if I preach the word of God, the word of God is amazing, and it, it, we don't need to receive it quietly, okay? So we can agree with it. That's not hype. We're agreeing with the word of God, okay? And um, I love it when we agree together. I'm excited about the word uh, that I have today. I believe it's a prophetic word for our church. Um, and therefore, I do believe that it will encourage us, it will lift us up, but it will challenge us as well and also bring direction um, for our future and um, show us what God has ahead for us in store for us. So are you ready this morning? Yes. Well, I am rounding out our um, advancement series. Who's enjoyed our advancement series? That's been, I think we've been going out for six or seven weeks where the, we've been talking about that there is more, that God has more for us. And I've been really encouraged. I've been challenged. Um, we're continuing to believe for more, continuing. Don't throw away those breakthrough cards and those prayer points. Let's continue to do that. We don't just do that for six weeks a year. We continue to press forward for the more that God has for us. And Pastor James preached a great word uh, last weekend about unlocking the more from Genesis 26. And if you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to it. It's online. But it was a great message. And his last point that contentment blocks the more really struck me. I looked up the meaning of contentment because that's what I do. I like to look at what do these things mean. Contentment means to have happiness and satisfaction often because you have everything that you need. And, you know, and Pastor James was saying that actually if we become that way, satisfied because we have everything that we need, that that could actually block the more. Now, the Bible definitely says that we are to be content or grateful for what God um, has given to us, and we certainly are, but that is not his ultimate goal for us. The Bible says in John 10.10, that Jesus came to give us life and life abundant, then overflowing. That is a more type verse, isn't it? Okay, so yes, we are grateful, but we are not stopping at contentment. We are going for the more abundance of what God has in our life. Now, we as a church could quite easily be content with what we have here. And we are definitely grateful 
Okay, we have a wonderful church. It's, it's abundant and it is overflowing with people. We have multiple services. You know, okay, we, we, we will um, step out and buy the building and I believe that that will be an easy step and that will happen. But the risk is that we could then become content with that. Oh, wow, we've got the building. We've got full services. Pat on the back. We're doing a great job. We've got plenty of people here to love and minister to. We could be content here. And whilst we will be grateful, I don't believe that that is what all that God has for us. I believe that he has more. God's heart for our church is more. He has more people to know his saving grace, his love, his healing, his life. There is more people in this city, in our community that have not been reached yet. There is more. There's more than you and I. Mark 16, verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all. To all. As I said, this message might make us feel a little uncomfortable today. Okay, I want to get us out of our contentment. We cannot ignore the word all. It's mentioned twice in this verse. It's certainly an abundant verse. It's an overflowing verse with the all. It's overflowing. There's reference to more in this verse. Do you know that the all, while that's large and overflowing, the all have names, they have faces, they have stories. God knows all of them. We don't know all of them. But God knows every single one of them. They are known by God. They are loved by God. They are created by God. And he sees them all. That's why he put the word all. They are his creation. They are his children. They are lost. They are hurting. They are away from him. They don't know that they are his. They are the all. Actually, I've got a... Yes, there we are. This some of the all, okay? Obviously, I couldn't fit every single person's face that's alive on the planet at the moment on that screen, but they have faces. Sometimes we can read that verse and we're not connecting because we can't know them. That's quite overwhelming. But God knows them. They are real. They are real people that he loves and knows. I don't know about you, and we've certainly even heard a little bit about it this morning from Dean, and... Everywhere I go, everywhere that I look, I see faces and I hear stories, whether it's on the news, and I hear the story of brokenness. I hear the story of death. I hear the, the story of despair. Desperation and darkness is everywhere. I actually want to stop listening. And if I admit to you, I have stopped listening on a number of levels because it's overwhelming. I don't watch the news anymore because it's overwhelming. Because people's stories are painful. They are dark. They are hopeless. Okay? I hear them everywhere. I want to turn a blind eye to them. They hurt my heart. I know you hear them too in your communities. And the stories of, of the people around about you, we hear these stories, don't we, of desperation and despair. But we can't stop listening. We can't turn a blind eye. We cannot hide away from the all. Because God sees them all. God sees them all. Do you know that we carry the Spirit of God within us? 
And you know what the Spirit of God wants to do? Isaiah 61 verse 1 talks about the Spirit of God that's in every single one of us here that have said yes to Jesus. That Spirit that says, I am within you. I have anointed you to bring good news to the afflicted. I have sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. That's God's heart within every one of us. That's why when we hear the story, it hurts. But we need to bring hope alive because we carry hope. We carry the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God wants to bring freedom and liberty and joy and salvation to the all. That is the Spirit of God within us. So we have that opportunity to bring the good news to the all. Where there is brokenness and hopelessness, there is a need for the good news. Who knows there is a need for the good news just in our community, not to mention to all of the rest of the world. I was reading a passage in 2 Kings um, chapters, chapters 6 and 7. Um, I was actually teaching on it at Bible College uh, two weeks ago, and I really felt God highlight it to me. And I believe that it's a word, it's a now word for our church, and it's a story I want to look at uh, this morning and see what God wants to say to us from that passage. Um, just a bit of a prelude to the story, because we're going to pick it up in chapter 7. But in chapter 6, what's happening here is that there's actually a famine in the city of Samaria. Samaria are God's people and um, they were locked up because the Aram army had gone and planted themselves outside of the city and said, we're going to take the city. And so they're all shut up within the city and they have been there so long that they have now run out of food and water. And so they are dying and um, they're being forced to eat their animals, and some of them are even um, cooking up their children and eating their children. So this is the place that we find. We're going to pick up the story in 2 Kings 7, and we're going to read it together. We've got a bit of word to read together today, but that's okay, isn't it? Hey, that's what we came here for. Read the Word of God. Okay, in verse 3, it said, It happened that four lepers were sitting just outside the city gate of Samaria. They said to one another, what are we doing sitting here at death's door? If we enter the, enter the famine-struck city, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's take our chances in the camp of Aram, the enemies, and throw ourselves on their mercy. If they receive us, we'll live. If they kill us, we'll die. Well, we've got nothing to lose. So after the sun went down, they got up and went to the camp of Aram. When they got to the edge of the camp, surprise, not a man in the camp. The master, God, had made the army of Aram hear the sound of horses and a mighty army on the march. They told one another, the king of Israel hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to attack us. So panicked, they ran for their lives through the darkness, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, the whole camp, just as it was, running for dear life. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's a miracle in itself. So as the four lepers are going there, God creates this noise that makes it sound like there's more than four on their way, and they abandon the camp. So then the four lepers entered the camp and went into a tent. First, they ate and they drank. Then they grabbed the silver, the gold, and the clothing. They went off and hid it. They came back, entered another tent, and looted it, again, hiding their plunder. Finally, they said to one another, we shouldn't be doing this. This is a day of good news and we're making it into a private party. If we wait around until morning, we'll get caught and punished. Come on, let's go tell the news to the king's palace. 
So they went and called out at the city gate, telling what had happened. We went to the camp of Aram and surprise, the place was deserted. Not a soul, not a sound. Horses and donkeys left tethered and tents abandoned just as they were. The gatekeepers got the word to the royal palace, giving them the whole story. Roused in the middle of the night, the king told his servants, let me tell you what Aram has done. They knew that we were starving, so they've left the camp and they've hidden in the field and they're thinking, we'll come out of the city, then we'll capture them alive and they take the city. One of his advisors answered, let some men go and take five of the horses left behind. The worst that can happen is no worse than what could happen to the whole city. So let's send them and find out what's happened. Oh, those poor guys. But they took two chariots with horses. The king sent them after the army of Aram with the orders, scout them out, find out what happened. They went after them all the way to the Jordan. The whole way was strewn with clothes and equipment that Aram had dumped in their panicked flight. The scouts came back and reported to the king. The people then looted the camp of Aram. Food prices dropped overnight and a handful of meal was for a shekel and two handfuls of grain for the shekel. God's word to the latter. And so the whole city was set free um, from this siege and from their hunger and they went in and they were provided for. Can I tell you that you and I, I like to put myself in the story. I'm going to put us in the story today. And we are actually the, the lepers. We are the four lepers in this story. See, the lepers, they became aware of their need for saving. God actually stirred them. God opened their eyes and then God moved them to action. At once upon a time, you and I, when I was, I think I was probably eight years old and then again at 20, God opened my eyes for the need of saving, that I needed Jesus. And he stirred my heart and stirred me to action into following him. You know, so the lepers, they get up and they do something about it. God stirred their hearts. They responded. Did you know that in Romans 5.10, it says that we were once an enemy of God and yet Jesus came and reconciled us to them. So in the lepers going to the enemy's camp, it actually represents salvation because we too were enemies of God. But yet that is where we have found salvation now, okay? We are no longer enemies with God, but we have found personal salvation. So they have found personal salvation in the camp. So that's you and I. We have found personal salvation. We have been set free and um, we know Jesus. So in that place then when they go to the camp, not only do the lepers find food, which is representing salvation, but they find clothes, gold, riches, everything that they need to meet their immediate need and much more. We too have been provided for. We have been blessed. We have been looked after. Okay, That is a place of contentment where we have had our needs blessed, where we have been sustained. But then they look around and they realise, you know what? There's so much more. There's more than what they could have eaten in their whole lives, spent in their whole lives. There's much, much more. And then they realise, hang on a minute, the much more is not for us. That it's actually for the whole city. There's enough there for the whole city. That's the much more that we are believing for. The much more is for our community, is for our city. That it's not for us, but that it's to be shared. We need to become, and I think that we are aware, that there is more people that need saving in our city 
And so what did they do? They get up, these lepers, and they carried the good news to their city. Okay? And then the whole city is saved. This reveals God's heart again. He is not willing that any shall perish. None in the city. That's God's heart. God's heart for our city that none should perish. So these four lepers become the unlikely heroes of this story, of this day. And can I say to you today that we are called to be the unlikely heroes in our city's story as well, in our community's story. So today, in the time that I have left, I want to dig into this story. I want to talk to you about how can we be the unlikely heroes in the story of our city. My first point is, don't be overwhelmed, but get up and go. Those four lepers, they knew the whole city was dying of famine. I've talked before about how I've felt overwhelmed by all of the stories. The lepers knew the whole city is dying of famine. But they didn't just sit there and say, oh, let's try not to think about it. It's a big problem. We could talk about it a little bit, but there's certainly not anything we could do about it. You know, there's too many to save. Way too many to save. Let's, let's just save ourselves. No, that's not what they said. They knew that the answer, that salvation, that the provision of God was for everyone, that it was for the whole city. And so they knew that, no, they weren't bringing, they weren't providing, but God had provided, but they needed to go with the message. Nobody in the city knew. And they knew they needed to carry the message of the good news. It's even referred. This is the good news. We could be having our own private party, but we have to carry the good news to the city, okay? In fact, they were afraid of the punishment if they didn't bring the good news, okay? They had a holy, uh, they had a holy fear about needing to carry the message of that good news. God has provided a way that people can be saved through Jesus Christ. He's provided. The provision is there, but we must go, we must carry the message of the good news. We have a responsibility to share the good news. Romans 10 verse 14 to 15 says, How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful were the feet of those four lepers that day. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. That's for you and for I. We have been sent. Okay? We're not waiting for our orders. It is, a, I already read the verse to you, go into all the world and preach. We have been sent with the message of good news. Do you know that it's this very same city, Samaria, that was brought the good news of salvation through Jesus when Jesus encountered one woman at the well. It's the same city. Okay, in John 4, remember Jesus encounters the woman at the well and then that woman then goes back into the city of Samaria same city, and tells the whole town, and they, come, they all come out to hear the good news. Is this the Messiah? The whole town came out based on her one testimony. 
okay? And then it's actually as that whole town is standing there that Jesus then says, turns to his disciples and says, see, isn't the harvest, the harvest is ready. It's plentiful. They're ready. Look how hungry that they are. And he's saying to us today, they are hungry. They are ready. They are ready to hear the good news. This was one woman's testimony that then saw, we don't know how many, I think maybe the whole town then believed in Jesus through one woman's testimony. In the story of the four lepers in the same city, four people carried the good news and the whole city was saved. Okay? People are waiting for you to share your story. You all have a story. What has God done in your life? What has he shown you? How has he helped you? How has he healed you? We all have had so many encounters with Jesus. We all have so many wonderful testimonies that we too can share. Are we shutting up the good news? Oh, that's uncomfortable. Are we shutting up the good news? So my other part of that first, and my point is, don't be overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed by the task, nor overwhelmed by the problems of the city either. Just in the previous chapter, I mentioned that they were killing their children and cooking them and eating them. Okay, the cost of life had become great in that city. In our city too, the problems are great. Children often are the ones bearing the greatest cost for the sake of our city. That's the, that's the state of our city as well, okay? But we can't fix our eyes on that at this point, okay? Our job is to carry the good news to the city. They could have sat around and said, did you hear how they were eating their children? They could have got weighed down by the stories of what was happening in the city, but they knew they had the good news. So they didn't have time to, to talk about that at this point. They needed to carry the good news to the city, okay? That's our job, to carry the good news of salvation and life. Not to debate at the city walls as to whether that was a good decision or not, and you shouldn't have done that and no people were dying and their decision making was eroded they were not making good decisions that day in the city they are not making good decisions today in our city I can guarantee that but our job is to not debate about it at the walls of the city it's actually just to declare the good news that salvation is here Jesus has provided a way he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit and he's filled us he said I'm going to give you the words in your mouth you don't even need to worry about it just go okay he's going to give us the words to say Everyone has their part to play. We talked about a lot of people just in our city alone, okay? Everybody has their part to play. Every church has their part to play. This is not just for Church Unlimited. It's for the churches, okay, in our city. So what does it look like, though, for our church to go? Now, it's been proven um, that more people say yes to Jesus as new churches are planted in their communities, in their local communities. It happened in the Bible. That's how the word of God was spread. They went and planted new churches in new communities. And it still happens that way today. Now, if I look across our day, today we're probably 80% full, okay? And, and yes, we can run more services here, and we will, but... If we take 30 to 40 people here and go to Burpengary and another 30 or 40 from here to Caboolture, 
who knows it even more? And we start a church in, in Burpengar and we start another church in Kabulcha. Who knows that more people that can walk, fill up our 20% that's left are going to say yes to Jesus are going to come to know Jesus in those communities because as it happened in the Bible, so it will happen today. So we could be content with our friendships, our wonderful friendships, our good coffee, our comfortable purple chairs. Aren't they lovely? They're divine. It's the royal colour. You know? We could get very content here. But at what cost? At what cost? Or we could go with the friends that we've made here. Say, hey, let's go. 20 to 30 of us, let's go. Let's join our families and go to another community and reach out and go tell them about the good news of Jesus. You know, Pastor Mark was here for our encounter conference and he said, the 1,500 people that are in our church are the seed. That's not the harvest. So as we send out the seed, God will bring in the harvest. There are so many more. We've got to go and carry the good news to our community. So suddenly we need everyone. We need that 1,500, don't we? If we're going to see more. We need, you know, new churches, need worship team. They need kids ministries. We need more grow groups. We need more play groups because we want to go into these communities and show them that we love them and that we care for them and reach out to them. So suddenly we need everybody, okay? So don't be overwhelmed, but get up and go. Point number two is don't be discouraged and give up if they don't listen at first. Because of who brought the message that day, four lepers, they were, the, they were rejected by their community. They were outside the city because they weren't allowed to enter the city. Okay, They were avoided. They were the lowest of low of society, pushed out. They weren't allowed anywhere near the city. So, but God chose them, the four lepers, to bring the message and carry the message of the good news that day. But because of who they were, they weren't listened to at first. Because of who we are, Christians, slowly um, being a bit more rejected from society, maybe cancelled because of our beliefs, sound a little bit like the lepers, mm, don't touch them. <laughs> Okay, people, um, you know, Christianity is a bit of a dirty word in our society at the moment. But God doesn't want us to be discouraged and to give up. God chooses the foolish things. <laughs> you know, he uses you and I. He used the lepers those da that day to carry the word to the city. So yes, we could easily sit back and say, well, they won't listen to us. We kind of preempt. We play things out in our mind. Oh, well... I could go, I'm supposed to go, but they're not going to listen, so I won't go. But we need to go. Okay? The lepers didn't think like that. They didn't think, well, I'm a leper, how can I carry this good news? There was not a moment where they stopped because of who they were. Okay? We, they just went. They knew they had to carry the good news. They knew they had that responsibility. And they went and said they went at night time. And they, I don't know, who knows how long they yelled for 
to get the attention of the gatekeepers are just those lepers again, okay? But they obviously didn't give up because we know the end of the story, don't we? That the whole city was saved. So obviously they didn't get discouraged about who they were, but they kept shouting the good news of God to the city, okay? That provision had come. Why? Because they remembered that people were dying inside the city walls, They did not give up. They were not fixed. They didn't have their eyes fixed on themselves, but they knew and they remembered that people were dying. So they didn't hold back their voices. They probably shouted all the louder. They kept trying. They didn't give up. They would have had family and friends who had rejected them, but were still in that city that they wanted to see come alive again because they loved them. We must remember that people are dying that people are living in hopelessness. Open our eyes, turn on our ears, look around us and see people are dying. Okay, we're in our communities, but sometimes we can forget that we're supposed to be on mission. We have a mission here to go and to tell them we can become content and complacent complacent in our situations. Okay, The people in the city had all the things of the city and yet they were dying of hunger. And they were in the city. They still had their homes. And we can sit back and we can look at people in our city and go, well, they got everything. They got everything that they need. They have the stuff, okay? They have the things of the city, but the people were dying of hunger. Our city's the same. They have the things. They have the homes. They have the stuff. But they are still dying of spiritual hunger, okay? How do I know that? Because the cries of the children in our city... Okay, my kids just this week have come home with me. They're collecting stories. They don't know, but they're collecting stories of their friends. They're burdened for their friends, okay? People in their class. Yana told me about a little boy in her class that's being raised by his grandparents because his mum is sick in hospital and he's naughty all the time and the kids are rejecting him. Joel came home with stories about multiple friends that are acting up and playing up in school because of struggles at home and he's really worried that they're going to get kicked out of school. Judah was telling me about friends who have parents on drugs and he's trying to reach out to them. My kids' hearts are breaking for their friends. They're hearing the stories of the children and of their friends as well. They are aware of the pain and they're talking about it and they're coming to me and saying, what do I do, Mum?" Joel said to me, I just went up to that kid and said, you need to come to youth. You just need to come to youth. (laughs) And I think, isn't that awesome? My 13-year-old son knows, well, I just got to get him to, to God. I've got to tell them about God, okay? And, and so we need to listen to people's stories, but we need to then take it one step so, um, further and say, hey, can I tell you what God has done in my life, okay? We must not give up telling people about Jesus. We need to keep going. The lepers didn't give up. They finally got through to a few. Then others were sent out and found it to be true. Then the whole city knew it to be true. Watch how, isn't that how God often does it? Where he will reveal himself and bring salvation to one in the family, like Liana in our church, and then she tells her partner and who tells her family, and then it spreads. More people. It often comes to one or two, and then more people come to know Jesus because the good news travels fast, but it has to get out first. Okay, it's on us. We have to take responsibility for our city and share the good news. Point number three is we need to get ready for the city to come running for salvation and help. 
Good news spreads fast. The woman at the well, one person, one testimony, tells a story to a whole city and they all come out, okay? They are all hungry. Matthew 4.24 says, The news about him, Jesus, spread through all Syria and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs and paralytics, and he healed them all, okay? So they all came. The message went out, the testimonies go out, and they all came. We need to be ready to both go to the people and receive the people at the same time, okay? In verse 17, it says that once the city was told, the people turned into a mob at the gate and people were trampled and died. So the whole city are trying to get out the gates. They're trying to come to salvation and they turn into a mob and some actually trampled in that moment. They were overtaken by the need, so I, we can see that it's coming, okay? We can see that people are coming and we must prepare so that when people come through the gates of salvation, they're not trampled, we're not overwhelmed, but they are actually helped. Once again, we need everybody, okay? This involves everybody. Um, God spoke to uh, me a word in January this year. He said, get the midwives ready because the babies are going to be birthed. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. He said, get everybody ready. Okay. Salvation, new life is coming. We need to be ready. And that involves everybody. If you're going to go down to one of our major hospitals, they have got lots of midwives. They don't have one or two just looking after those new babies. That's not going to be possible. Okay. They have a whole team. All right, we have a whole team here. We need to be ready to go, but also to receive the people as well. So, what does that look like? You know, uh, babies need to be fed, they can't feed themselves. So, we need to have new Christians classes and alpha classes and grow groups. Okay, we need to help people to, to learn how to understand the word and then how to feed themselves. This takes people, this can't just be a couple of people, all right, um, of the pastoral team. No, it's our job to equip the work of the saints for the ministry. That's all of us that needs to go and be ready to help these people. We need people to help so that we are not overtaken. It is coming. I believe that this is a prophetic word, that God is wanting to bring in the harvest, but we need to be ready and, and to receive the people. God brought life and restoration to the city that day. Why? Because he loves his people and he wants them to live for him, okay? Follow him and live according to his ways. Not just that one day, but for the rest of their lives, okay? So he bought salvation and restoration in that day. But what he was really wanting to bring was a reformation for the whole city to come. He was trying to return the people back to him so that they would live for him and serve him all of their days. So they needed a reformation, a changed way of life for the whole city. Otherwise, they were going to go back to their old ways. Reformation of cities is what's on God's heart, Okay, so yes, salvation, but actually reaching the whole city. Genesis 1.28 says, fill the earth and subdue it, the whole earth, okay? So yes, it's about individuals, but it's also about the cities as well. Matthew 6.10 says, 
my, which is God's kingdom come, and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isaiah 2 verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter day that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. Okay, He's talking about nations here. He's talking about communities here and cities here being transformed. I've been reading, I just finished a book by Bill Johnson who's talking about revival and open heavens, okay? And um, what he talks about is an open heaven so that then cities and nations are transformed. And he writes, transformation is the ambition of heaven. He sees the individual, but he also sees the all. It can be measured in healthy families, productive lives that contribute to the overall health of our communities, a prosperity of soul that affects the overall health of the body, the mind and emotions, ever-increasing hope for all that God has purpose for our lives on earth, as well as financial increase that comes because of divine purpose. From there, cities take on a unique design, contributing to an overall overall expression of the creative nature of God on earth. Our success is not just that people are saved, but that they are transformed to be like Christ. And a transformed person or persons can transform a city from the inside out. So remember, we're feeling overwhelmed. Well, no, God sees the bigger picture. He has a plan for transformation. Okay, so how do we do that? We've talked about salvation and restoration, but authentic transformation happens as our heart is saved, yes, but in our mind is transformed. Romans 12, 2, verse 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is why, once again, we need grow group leaders. This is why we feel to start running grow courses. And we need facilitators and mentors and guides to help to teach the city how to grow healthy families, how to have strong relationships, how to handle their money God's way. You know, just this week, uh, two weeks ago, Joe and I met with a lady from Mission Australia who works with families in our community here. She works with about 100 families. And, and she was saying, oh, I love the Grow courses and we want to start to refer some of our families to that so they can learn about relationships. But she said, well, could you, do you think you could run a course just for single women that have come out of domestic violence because they don't even know that they are to be loved and valued? And, and can you do that? And on the, on the outside, I was like, yes, but on the inside, I'm like, how can we do that? I said to Joe, see, people, the world, our community is already coming to us and saying, we need to know the wisdom of God. We need to know the love of God. Help us. And so I'm telling you, because we need more people to help to sit with 10 or maybe sit with one and share with them how to do things God's way. We need people to lay hands on the sick and oppressed and see them healed and set free. But then we need those that will help to teach and guide and encourage them how to live free for the rest of their days following after Christ. You know, our city has been living for themselves, following their own ways, and some for generations, and they don't know the wisdom of God. So did you know that the wisdom of God is a wonderful gift that we can give to our city? the wisdom of how to raise your kids, of how to manage your your money and things like that, how to find healing and how to stay well and healthy in him. The wisdom of God that God gives to us is a gift that we can give to our city. 
Our success is not to be measured by our image, our church status or name, or how great our services and worship is, or how many campuses we have. That is not the success indicator, but our impact outside of our gatherings is what we are looking to do. That is what is on God's heart. You know, coming here to church is good, right? We need to gather and lift up the name. This is not a message on how awesome church is, okay? That we do need to come here. But how awesome we can be by being the church to our city and to our community. So the four lepers were the unlikely heroes to that city on that day. And God used them in such a powerful way. It went down in the history books. It was God who saved the city, but the lepers played a significant part. They got up and they went to the city. They weren't discouraged when maybe at first they weren't listened to, okay? And then they witnessed the city being saved. Can you imagine the four of them standing there as the people are streaming out and they're being saved? The joy that would have filled their heart knowing that we came, we carried the good news. We are going to have that joy as well. There is nothing like seeing a person's life transformed. We have the opportunity to play that part, to be the unlikely heroes for our community, for our city as well. The harvest is ready. We've asked the Lord of the harvest to send the workers and He sent you, (laughs) you and I, ready to go. So can I get you to stand with me, please? Because we are the, the unlikely heroes, every single person here today. We carry the good news of Jesus Christ, of what He has done in our lives, our testimony that we can carry to our city. He is with us. He, he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's not be discouraged. Let's not be overwhelmed, but let's get up and let's go. Go share the good news, but also be ready to help look after those that are going to come to Jesus. I just want to pray over us this morning. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that is true. We thank You that it's for us today. And we receive that Word today as a church as individuals in this, in this wonderful body. Father, first of all, I just want to repent for the times when we have shut up the good news, where we haven't gone, where we haven't shared, and we repent of that. We repent of that and we turn from that and we receive that forgiveness and we say we will go through the power of your Holy Spirit, we all will go. Why don't you just raise up your hands today? We just offer our lives to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come and breathe on your people this morning. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your infilling, an infilling of boldness. We thank You that Your Word promises that we don't even need to worry about what we are going to say, but that Your Holy Spirit will give us the words to say. 
thank you, God. Be our helper, Holy Spirit. Fill our mouths with the testimony of the good things, of the good news for our city, for our communities, Lord. A new boldness to come upon us today, Lord, to keep going. Father, where we have gone and there may be discouragement, Lord, I just pray right now that you come and that you, you remove that discouragement, that disappointment. And Father, we will go again and we will declare all the more louder about the good news of Jesus Christ. Come Holy Spirit. We give you our lives. We give you our mouths. We thank you that you've called each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you that you're even just opening right now ideas for people of how they can help. People that you've called them to minister to, of how they might come. I, Lord, I thank you that you're just um, awakening the body. You're awakening all of us to come together as one, with one purpose and one mission, to preach the good news of the gospel and see our city transformed. We declare that word, Lord, that there is going to be transformation over our city. There is going to be transformation in families, in children's lives, Lord God. We thank you. We say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And everybody said with me, because they agree. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 